art of fundraising includes engaging the donor, which isn't always easy. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and this is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by Dr. Gene Temple, our founder, who is now the Dean Emeritus of the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy and an absolute master fundraiser. Gene, thanks for being back with us on these podcasts. And I know a topic that is dear to your heart is donor engagement. And donor engagement is not always easy. What do you mean by that? Well, first of all, I, I just like go back to the very beginning and say sometimes one way of defining fundraising is it is a, the difficult art of engaging donors with your cause. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's easy to say things like, um, you know, fundraising is a general art of teaching people the joy of giving, as, as Hank Rosso did, and right. Sarah Conrath, our wonderful faculty member, has now proving through her research. But it's also talking about fundraising as a difficult work of engaging people in the cause. Paul Shervish said that, um, that people reach philanthropic identification when they can see themselves in those who are being helped. That is, how is it that people come to see those who, the, 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 the organization's clients or our constituents who are being helped? And that is by engaging more closely with the donor, he says, through com communities of participation where they can see themselves um, among, among a group of supporters who are also helping that cause. And, uh, and I like now to think more, even more closely to this uh, notion uh, through the work of Noah Dresner, who okay. says, uh, who's introduced this concept of philanthropic mirroring and mm. proved that if in fact the, the very specific um, case of a donor, whether that person be a gay person, uh, a woman, uh, a, a, a black person, uh, so that any way in which you can represent the organization's constituents and make a case around constituents that, that will mirror the person who's be, from whom the donors, the gifts are being sought, that helps engage the person more closely. So and it's the difficult work of engaging people in the cause. And so, Gene, by engagement, we're not referring to the annual fund where somebody's receiving the letter, coming to an event, hearing about us on social media, et cetera. This is now when the relationship is deepening, right? Is this what we well, mean by engagement? I mean, it, it can, in fact, start with the letter where mm -hmm. the person becomes engaged with the organization's mm -hmm. cause through, through ha having the letter really uh, in, in fact, uh, help the person see him or herself in the person around whom the case is being made. But then beyond that, the, diff the work becomes more difficult. In fact, it's, it's about how do, we, how do we bring the $1,000 donors together around some event where they can become more deeply engaged with, the, with people in the organization, with others in the organization who are helping the cause. So, so that um, as the work becomes more, um, uh, as the donors' uh, gifts become larger, that the organization needs to engage the person more deeply. Gene, you know, we teach that with philanthropy, each of us can have our individual values and we can express those and we can have an impact with those. But uh, through philanthropy, we come together in voluntary associations. We associate with others who have similar values and then that can help us have an even more exponential impact with our philanthropy. As you're talking about engagement in communities of participation, my understanding correctly, certainly there's that common bond of values, but then you also said we need to see people who look like us, or we yes. need to be able to relate to yeah. people who look like us. So it's the values plus this idea of identity. Is that correct? I think so. You know, um, Paul Shervish and other sociologists who 
use what's or, or who worked off of what's called social identity theory. So you know we can eventually see ourselves in the person who's being helped, no matter mm -hmm. what. Noah Dresner says we come to this more closely if we can, in fact, see ourselves very distinctly in the in the in the in the uh, cause that's being helped around the cause that's being helped. But it but it's beyond this. Let's talk about a little bit about these communities of participation. Yeah. So for the theater. It's easy for us to engage people. We can invite people into the theater. We can invite them into the costume shop. We can invite them to meet with the actors, you know, that kind of thing. But it's more difficult when we have, uh, when, if we're operating a soup kitchen. How do we do that? How do we engage people in how we're helping people and still be respectful to those who are being helped? So we have to be very careful uh, about that. So it's easier for some organizations than it is for others. You and I could be invited in to have lunch with our scholarship recipient, but more difficult if you're uh, operating a soup kitchen or if you're operating a homeless shelter mm -hmm. or if you're going out on the streets and ministering to those homeless people on the streets. And how do you do that with respect? So I, I talk about this, there are, there are different kinds of organizations have different challenges in trying to engage people, but it certainly might be possible. It might be possible for an organization like Outrun the Sun to, uh, to engage people as volunteers to help pass out sunscreen at the mm -hmm, track, mm -hmm. at, the, at the Indianapolis 500, for example, and that might be the only way they, they have of engaging people. Yeah, it's a great point, because we don't want people to experience sunburn or skin cancer to be able yeah. to get engaged with, with that particular nonprofit. I know one of the other strategies you'd like to talk about uh, is donor group recognition. What does that mean? Well, these, these, these donor recognition groups are all about engaging people with a cause. Mm -hmm. And so you can have a higher level, you can have $1,000 donor recognition groups, $10,000 donor recognition groups, you know, $100,000 lifetime donor recognition groups, et cetera. And organizations tend to think of these things as ways to recognize donors. Mm -hmm. but, but on the other side, they really are ways of engaging people. And uh, perhaps the $1,000 donors all as a cumulative, uh, all as a cumulative group had a, a different, a, a certain kind of impact on the organization. Well, they should be invited to see that impact. Let's say that there were $100,000 uh, spent to do something particular inside the organization, some capital improvement or something, or they provided a certain number of school lunches, you know, uh, you know for that money. Mm -hmm. they, should, they should be able to see what it is that happened. But then the $10,000 donors, the $100,000 donors, that's another level of engagement. So it's so think of these not just as recognition groups, but as, as ways to help build what, you know, going back to this communities of participation, ways in which people can come together, uh, people with shared values can come together to see the impact that they, those folks have on the organization. And donor recognition groups, you're talking about something much more deeper than listing names of donors by giving level at the back of an annual that, report. That's correct, yeah. Something very active that the organization does to bring those donors together. So that, so that they're in, involved in the organization. Perhaps it's a reception at the organization's site where uh, the donors can meet two or three recipients who can talk about how they were helped by the organization. Uh, they can come together to see a performance, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and, and then, Bill, I want to talk about going from those donor recognition groups. I mean, the ultimate way to engage your ma a major donor is on your board of directors. Mm. Engaging, uh, engaging somebody as a board member so that they, become, they begin to take ownership of the organization. 
and let's, let's structure this so that in fact some of our major donors are members of our board of directors. Not all of them, but some of them are members of our board of directors. And they begin to take ownership. And it's through that ownership and through seeing the organization up close and, being, and becoming uh, legally responsible for that organization that perhaps that's where the, the million dollar gift comes or that's how the planned gift comes. So that's one way of engaging. And then if somebody doesn't want to join a board of directors, there are still ways to engage people in very special ways. Perhaps they become engaged as members of a, of a president's cabinet, mm -hmm. where, you know, where they don't meet on a regular basis, but they're just consulted on serious issues or brought in to discuss strategic planning or environmental impacts of the organization, you know, those kinds of things. One of my favorite stories is a children's museum that uh, engaged their board and their higher level donors to go on a fossil dig in the Dakotas. Put them on a plane, flew them to the Dakotas, let them sift around and find some fossils and bones and the, the resulting dinosaurs are now part of the museum. And I know when I teach for the fundraising school, I encourage people, you might not have a fossil dig near you and that might not be appropriate yeah, to your yeah. mission, but how can we apply that to our context whatever that might be. And that sounds to me, that's what you're uh, trying to teach us here that, about engagement. That's a perfect perfect example of what I'm talking about, Bill, is that that, that that organization engaged those people in a fossil dig. Those fossils are now part of the museum. Those people's work is now in the museum. Yeah. Those are your major donors. And what does that mean for you? You need to be able to contextualize that to your nonprofit as you engage donors, certainly in those very initial ways to bring them into your organization, but then deepen those relationships over time that can lead to consistent giving and perhaps even higher levels of giving that can strengthen and fortify the good work of your nonprofit organization. These are the types of materials that we teach in our public courses. Our principles and techniques of fundraising course, the major gifts course, the capital campaigns course, and of course the four new courses that are part of our certificate of fundraising leadership. All this information, we have these 20 courses taught in 18 U.S. locations. All of this is available online at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. You're also going to find information about our quarterly webinars and of course these free podcasts. And don't forget the fundraising school can come to you anywhere in the world as we can provide custom training that's tailored specifically for the needs and expertise level of your philanthropic organization. Again that website philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. I know I'm always highly engaged when I have an opportunity to learn from Dr. Gene Temple. I hope that you have as well. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.